and welcome back to another episode of Hot Mess Podcast. I am your host, Matilda Johnson, and today we are getting messy. It's been a minute since I think I've had a really messy episode, but today just feels like the right day to do it. Your girl has been taking notes. There are a lot of things to discuss. Many, 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 many things. So basically, last week we discussed the law of attraction. Was it the real law of attraction? No. It was just what my brain thinks the law of attraction is and how you find somebody attractive and what science is behind it. And it's not actual science. It's just my version of the science. Anyway, this week we're discussing the opposite. And the opposite is repulsion. Why am I repulsed by people currently? It's a hot topic. And... I've been thinking a lot about the fact my best friend Gemma always says to me, Tilly, the opposite of love isn't hate, the opposite of love is indifference. So I don't hate anyone right now. I just feel very indifferent towards them, and I'm going to tell you all about why. But before we get into that, I also think a really important topic of conversation that we need to have is about the Oscar nominations that came out today um, and why there is so much going on in the news around it. So this isn't something we didn't already know about. Like, obviously, previously, it has been brought to our attention that the Oscars are very, I'd say, biased in who they nominate. The Academy is very, uh, I want to go as far as saying a bit right wing in terms of their typical nominees, and they don't really work in favor of people of color. However, today we are celebrating because Lily Gladstone is the first ever Native American to be nominated for acting at the Oscars. So there have been other indigenous actors nominated in the past. However, Lily Gladstone is the first to come from the land now occupied from the United States to be up for an award. So this is a massive step in the right direction. But it also shocks me so much that it's 2024 and this is the first time we're seeing this. But it's one of those things where it's like, I'm so upset this is the first time. However, I'm so grateful that it's actually happening. But if you're up with the news currently, then you'd be very aware of just the amount of Oscar snubs there have been this year for other people who are also just as deserving of these nominations. And also, it's one of those things where it's like, You don't want to remove somebody from being a nominee in order to put somebody in. However, a lot of the snubs were people who were believed to be front runners for these awards. And you can't help but think, is there some sort of bias towards their race or gender for them to be left out from being nominated? For example, Charles Melton did not get nominated for his performance in May-December and Greta Lee didn't for her performance in Past Lives, and everyone thought they were going to be frontrunners for these awards. And then on top of that, of course, probably what has been most publicised is the snub of both Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie for the Barbie film, particularly the fact that Ryan Gosling, 
who played Ken in the film, received a nomination. But the two women who really spearheaded that production weren't nominated. However, we are celebrating for America Ferreira because she is so deserving of this nod. But I think both America and Ryan Gosling have come forward to say as excited as they are to be nominated for their respective awards, it's also blatantly obvious that two women who work so hard on creating a billion-dollar grossing film should have been nominated, but they weren't. Cheek Media actually put out a really good infographic that I think perfectly sums up this entire situation, saying... Greta Gerwig directed a billion-dollar grossing film which saw Margot Robbie and a cast of women start global conversations about the man-made systems that oppress and silence women and the impossible expectations placed on us from girlhood. So the Oscars nominated Ken. Couldn't have summed it up better. If anything, this whole situation with the Oscar nominations have just pushed the narrative of the Barbie movie even more. You know? Like, I'm just saying, if they're going to nominate Barbie for Best Picture, they should probably nominate the people who were involved in creating it. I don't know. But anyway, so last week we had briefly discussed dating culture in Australia and, like, what's going on. Everyone's confused. And I was thinking about it today and I realized Australia is such a laid-back society where minimum effort like we know like we always joke oh the bar's low the bar's low no it actually is really low in comparison to any other country because when somebody puts in minimum effort into going on a date it's like oh oh that's so sweet and it's literally like oh he came and picked you up oh he got you flowers you know like mm, things that are kind of a given in some places uh however i was thinking about why we're so low maintenance and why the bar is there. And again, I think it comes back to societal norms of, oh, if you were to put in effort, people would think you're like a simp and all of these external pressures and stuff like that. I'm like, oh my gosh, is it so bad to be in love these days? Like, I actually think people are afraid of being in love. And I get it. It's being vulnerable. It's being open with somebody. But also, is it not a lovely thing to show somebody that you care about them. But I genuinely think putting in effort is something that is ridiculed, especially by men in Australia. And on top of that, in Australian culture, a lot of men just don't show any vulnerability. And I think it's actually hilarious that there have been news headlines about there being an Australian men loneliness epidemic. This is not made up. I've actually seen headlines in the news about the loneliest loneliness epidemic for men in Australia. And I'm just kind of like, who enforces that? Who enforces that? Because I'm telling you now, it isn't me. Not that I'm out here being like clawing at the ground, being like, love me in return, bitch. But also it's like, there's a loneliness epidemic because there's a system in place that men are creating for that to happen. Honestly, it's a vicious cycle. Also, no wonder Australia has such a low-effort society when you literally get participation awards in school. Like, it's just constantly reinforcing, like, oh, you showed up, good job, you know? Oh, you picked her up from her house, good job. Oh, you knocked on her front door, good job. 
you didn't just like honk the horn extra points you know like there are so many things in our culture that reinforce minimum effort reward and then as women we're also so shocked when the minimum effort was put in that we're like oh my god yay you know it's like an, it's, this is a part of the vicious cycle we get excited by the bare minimum because the bare minimum is actually a lot here i've also realized like dating isn't really a thing or maybe it's just not for me but it's also not for a lot of my friends it's like Dating isn't really a thing. You kind of just hook up, and if you kind of get along, then you just keep hooking up until eventually no one leaves, and then you're a couple. That, or you start off as friends, and then it's like, we should probably date, you know? It's like keeping it casual until you're married, and that's terrifying. I also find it so funny how so many dating apps now advertise themselves as, this is the dating app that you're going to delete because you find the love of your life. And so, maybe naively, Maybe naively, I always forget that she's still somewhat freshly single. So naively, I'll download and be like, ooh, I'm going to go out on dates. This is going to be fun. And then I'm not shitting you. Every match, like, so for some, you match and you can get sent a prompt by somebody. Like, somebody will try to start a conversation with you before you decide to swipe on them. And a majority of the people who comment... Just comment stuff like, I can just see us having really good sex. And I'm like, oh my god, whatever happened to you, let me take you out to dinner, you know? But this leads into all my notes on propulsion for the week. Because, and also kind of like trying to dismantle some serious insult energy that I have come across this year. Mind you, we're still in January. So I had some pretty terrible experiences with men uh in the last couple of weeks of 2023 and it got to the point literally like the night before new year's eve i was messaging one of my girlfriends and she sent me the funniest message i have a screenshot of it and it's her being like i think surely this is the end of it for you you've had some real real shit ones these past few years so hopefully like it's going to be a new year. Everything's going to get better from here, right? Right? And then a week later, we were a week into the new year, and I realized I had only had one day of the year where I had not yet been harassed by a man, and that's because I stayed home that day. Now, I just know there's going to be somebody who's listening to this and being like, Tilly, were you not just complaining about the lack of effort in Australian society, and now you're saying that you're getting harassed by men nonstop? Yeah, 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 I am saying that. And the two are the complete opposite to me. When I say put in effort, I mean do nice things. I don't mean harass me on the street to the point where I'm, like, going to call the police, you know? Like, I'm like, when did society get so backwards that I actually have to explain that to people? I was telling a guy friend who now I'm not really sure if he's a guy friend, about some of the situations I had recently. And he said to me, isn't that just pretty privileged, though? Like, I'm sorry, getting sexually harassed is pretty privileged? No, it's not. Like, it's actually at the point where it's like, how is this real? How is this real? I've had a friend tell me I should write a book just about my experiences over the last 
few months alone. And Loki, I'm considering it because there is a lot I could say and I know it's not going to all fit in one episode. So I'm just going to give you a funny example about something that happened recently, which was kind of giving major insult energy and that's something we could definitely unpack. But I just think it was really funny that the day before New Year's Eve, one of my girlfriends, Libby, had sent me that message to say, surely this is the last of it. Surely it can't get worse from here. And I wouldn't say this is the worst thing that happened. It was just kind of like, uh, what a great way to start the year. Lol, how funny is that? Um, Funny, gross. Uh, So it was New Year's Day. I had done my tradition of going to get Mexican food and go out into the sun to photosynthesize. Not that I'd had a big night out the night before, but, you know, it's just a rite of passage. So I went to my local park and... Just so people are fully aware of the extent of this not being pretty privileged because I don't want to have to explain it again, I was wearing a t-shirt that I usually sleep in, bike shorts that were stained because I had dropped some of my Mexican food on it, a pair of slides that I do not usually wear outside of my house, and my hair was just in a messy bun. I was not dressed to impress, and I looked terrible. So I brought my tote bag, I put in a towel, I put in my book, headphones, sunglasses, hoping nobody I knew was going to see me because I looked a fucking mess. So I went to the park, put out my towel, lay down in the grass, started reading my book. And I was there for a few hours, just really enjoying my day. And I see this man walk past a few times and I can see that he's like kind of looking at me, then looking away. And I'm like, okay, sure, whatever. And then after about two hours in the park, I decide I should probably go home. So I'm packing up my stuff and picture a scurry in your head. Like I can't really just picture somebody scurrying like, like that's the sound of a scurry in my mind. Suddenly this man appears in front of me and I'm like, (laughs) and he's standing over me. I'm still sitting down on my tail, like putting my book in my bag. And he's like, Oh, hi, I've been working up the courage to speak to you. Firstly, no. Like, I think people think that's an endearing comment to make, but when somebody actually says it to you, it's a bit like, ah, ha, ha. Like, how do you respond to that? Maybe I'm just socially awkward, but I don't really think it's an endearing thing to say to somebody, especially in a public setting like a park. Like, I'd say it depends where you are, what the vibe is. Like, if I were out at a bar with friends and somebody came up and said, that I'd kind of understand the intimidating factor of it more because it's like you're out with people. But this is broad daylight in a park and I'm by myself, you know? Not really an endearing comment. So he comes over, he says that, he's standing over me and I was like, uh, hi. Um, And then so he's trying to make small talk, wishing me a happy new year and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, happy new year to you too. And then I'm still packing up my stuff. I'm not really engaging in conversation. Like I'm not really looking him in the eyes. I'm kind of just packing up my stuff and thinking, I just want to go home and cook dinner. And then he's like, oh, are you from around here? Do you come here often? And I lied. Although like I live very close to to this park. I'm like, oh no, I drove here. I just like to go to different parks sometimes. Now I'm, now I'm thinking on my feet, like bullshitting because I'm like, oh fuck, what if he thinks that I've like walked here, which I have, and he's going to like follow me or something. So I'm like, no, I never come to this park. I, I 
I've never been here before. I decided to explore on the first day of the new year. I'm overcompensating at this point. Uh, Mentally, I'm like, Tilly, shut up. Stop talking. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I wasn't sure. I thought I might have seen you here before. And I was like, ah, I don't think so. You must have me confused with somebody else. (laughs) Anyway, so at this point, I'm like putting my stuff away. I'm like fully packing up. And then he's like to me, well, how old are you? And I'm like, that's such a weird thing to say to somebody who you've literally never met before. And like, I mean, everything he was saying was kind of weird. Anyway, I'm looking at this man and I'm like, surely if I tell him my real age, he'll realize I'm far too young for him. Surely. So I'm honest. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm 25. And he's like, oh, I'm only 45. That's not much of an age difference at all. And I was like, firstly, also, don't bring up the age difference. It's like, you know what you're doing is creepy. He probably did know what he was doing was creepy. And I was also like, ah, 20 years. <laughs> so like when you were 20, I would have just been born. When you were an adult, I would have been coming out of the womb. That's wild, wild. And I was like, okay, anyway, I'm, I'm leaving. Bye. Um, and so I'm walking home and I could not stop looking over my shoulder the entire time. Cause I was like, fire out. He's going to figure out that I didn't actually drive here. Anyway, it turned out to be fine, but I'm like, there was so many red flags in that conversation. And it's also one of those things where it's like, just how do you get out of that? But it was seriously giving some insult energy from start to end. So that was day one of the new year. And I just thought that was hilarious. I was like, this is exactly how I thought my first day of 2024 was going to go. And so you best believe I messaged Libby about this scenario immediately. And she was like, oh no, I thought it ended. And I was like, oh honey, it's just getting started. I was correct. I was correct. I shouldn't have even joked about it. I was correct. The worst experience I've had technically wasn't this year. It was one of the things that ended last year where I was like, I never, ever want to experience this again. And it was quite, I'd go as far as being like, this was a bit traumatic. Um, A friend of mine and I, we were getting the train home pretty late at night. I want to say it was around 10.30. We'd been out for dinner and we saw a show together and we were catching the train home. She lives one suburb over from me and we got on the train and there were four guys who had probably had a few drinks. Well, it seemed that they had, and they were sitting a few chairs away from us and the train was still pretty packed. Like it was a summer night and it was like a Thursday or Friday. Like people were out in the city and there were a lot of other people in the train. Unfortunately, not many other women. And so my friend and I were sitting across from each other. One of the guys was sitting in the chair directly behind her. So they were back to back. He turns around and he's locking eyes with me and he's trying to show me his phone. And I'm just trying to keep my eyes on my friend. And he's like saying stuff about like what he wants to show me on his phone or like also like wanting me to type in my number and all of these things. And I'm just ignoring him because it's late at night and I just want to get home. And then because I'm ignoring him and because my friend is also ignoring him and his friends, they start going on about all the things that they wanted to do to us. And it was making us very uncomfortable. Um, And then 
It was also pretty graphic and I'd go as far as saying violent, the things that they wanted to do to us and the things they were saying very loudly that the entire train carriage heard. And I'm not saying I want people to step in in those situations because you never know how escalated something like that could become. But even just to ask if we were okay or to have somebody come and sit next to us would be more than enough for any woman in that situation. Anyway, so I we pulled up at the train stop for me to get off. And I got off and so there were four guys, three of them followed me off the train. Mind you, at this point, it's probably 10.50. And I started panicking and one guy stayed on the train with my friend. Luckily, she got home okay. She got on the phone to her boyfriend. He came and picked her up from the station. I started panicking because there were three guys walking behind me, still shouting at me the things that they wanted to do to me. And I got to the top of the train station and was exiting the station. And luckily, there were police. And as soon as they saw the police, they bolted. Like, I'm not just saying like they walked away, like they ran in the opposite direction. And so I was fine. But having to experience even that much and thinking to myself in that moment, like, I don't want to assume the worst, but just from what they were saying, that they were going to do to me, it put me in such a terrified mindset that I was about to be assaulted. And it was really awful. And I don't want anybody to experience that ever. And unfortunately, there's so many people who have experienced that. But I genuinely, it was one of those moments where I was like, I mentally for a moment was like, this is the night that something really terrible could happen to me. And I don't think I or anybody else should ever think to themselves, I am so lucky that I did not have this assault happen the way I thought it was going to. Or I am so lucky that I wasn't attacked. You know, it should just be a given. You should not have those, you should never be put in those situations. But unfortunately, that's just not the way life is. And I know the two stories I've told on this episode are incredibly different to one another. Um, But I think it is, they both display the same sense of what is it that's fine to get away with when approaching people in public or what people think that they can get away with doing or saying. And aside from those two stories, I've unfortunately already gained stories this year of people making comments on my body who I don't know, like people in broad daylight walking down the street commenting on my boobs or my butt or something else about me or just really gross things that I do not need to hear, nor should they be allowed to speak out loud when they don't know me at all. And even people who do know me, I've had people message me who I know personally saying the most rogue things where I'm just like, is that meant to impress me? Because it doesn't. And it goes back to, I don't know, like obviously this is a worldwide issue of harassment. Like sexual harassment happens everywhere, unfortunately. And it's not going to stop anytime soon, but it comes back to the fact that like 
we also need to hold people accountable and not accept the bare minimum or not be like just ready to laugh certain situations off and be like, ha 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 ha, no thanks, no. I'm actually like, people will start calling me a bitch. Men in particular will just start calling me a bitch for my behavior if I turn them down. And I don't care anymore because I don't want to just allow certain behaviors to happen. I think another interesting topic of conversation that has sprung from this entire thing, when I talk about it with friends or whatever, is that, oh, like people will say, do you think people think they can act this way towards you? This is mostly the people who I know personally who have done certain things recently that they thought was appropriate, which is absolutely not appropriate. I often get the comment, do you think it's because of your podcast and the way people perceive you as somebody who must date a lot and is open to talk about sex and all of these other things? And I'm like, you can be a person who's open to dating and open to being sexually active and still not take bad behavior from people and like just not accept certain things. Like you, the two things can be mutually exclusive. Like you don't have to take one thing on board and then be like, oh, well, because I'm sexually active, I'll also let you treat me like shit. No, no, that's not how this should work. Like a person who is single and open to dating can also coexist with the idea of being treated with respect. You know, like it's, it's not a big deal ask. It's not a huge concept to wrap your head around. And I think the massive takeaway for me from like all these situations, and unfortunately there is more than that. Some of it, I'm just also like, I don't even want to talk about it, to be honest. Maybe one day I will, but today's not that day. I feel like a lot of it's still really fresh. I think a lot of it for me is the takeaway that it's okay to be that bitch that defends herself and stands up for herself. And if you then get called like mean things because of that, like I've had men recently when I've turned them down in public, start calling me names and slurs and things that you don't want to hear either way. And so it's kind of like, what do I want less? Do I want to be called a bitch or an ugly whore? Or do I want to have a man hitting on me while I'm trying to get home? You know, I kind of would prefer to be called the bitch as long as I knew that I had told somebody to shut the fuck up and to learn to treat somebody with respect. Obviously, they hadn't taken that part on board, but that's fine, whatever. But I, it's one of those things where it's also like there are so many measures that people put in place to try to consider their own safety as well where it's like you can avoid eye contact and not engage in conversation or get on the phone to a relative and all of these other things, carry a whistle, carry a pocket knife, you know, like things that you don't want to think about using for protection or for protective purposes. But it's also one of those things where it's like, no matter how many of those things you're doing and no matter how many of those steps you think you're taking that are the right things to be doing, there will always be people who try to push those boundaries and still try to get to you. And it's a real shame. Like a part of me is like, oh, if only society all just banded together and was like, we will not accept this behavior from anybody. We will not take this shit. And then everyone just stopped acting like an absolute dick. 
or even better, started using their brains instead of their dicks to think, you know what? Society would be a much better place. But unfortunately, it's just not like that. And I won't lie, like it's, I think last week I kind of discussed the fact that like the week beforehand I was going to put out an episode, but I was just so angry at the world and whereabouts I was at with my life. And a majority of it was because of the reasons I've listed in tonight's episode, today's episode, it's nighttime when I'm recording this, but yeah, it's like one of those things that can really, I don't want to be like, it can break your spirit but it can really put such a dampener on your life where it's like, I just want to be able to go about my day without feeling concerned for my own safety or feeling like I have to fight back on anything or on anyone. But yeah, I don't know. Either it's getting worse or I'm just noticing it more. So that's just kind of my takeaway and the energy I'm leading into the year with is just to be the bitch. I will be the bitch if that's what I have to be. Um, so this was an angry episode. I don't often do, well, do I often do angry episodes? I don't think I do. I try to keep it lighthearted, but yeah, people wanted to know repulsion and this is kind of the level of repulsion that I'm at. Um, maybe on Instagram this week, I can ask you what your level of like, what your idea of being repulsed by somebody is, because I'm sure there's funny ones as well. Unfortunately, I took this down a very serious road. I wish that I could have been more funny with it. Um, but yeah, I hope everyone's well. And I hope like it was a heavy topic to get through, but maybe we all need to just lead with a bit of a bitchy energy. Like it doesn't have to be mean bitchy unless somebody is being mean to you fight back, stand up for yourself. We don't often think to stand up for ourselves. Like we often kind of take the road of, oh, I should be polite. I should be kind and take care of myself. And, you know, I think my mental well-being would be better if I was just polite about it. No, I think my mental health and like the way I am now, I'd feel better if I actually just told people to piss off when I wanted to tell people to piss off. So that's what I'm going to do now. And I look forward to it. I put that into practice today, actually. I won't lie to you guys. I did tell somebody where to shove their words. And it was really satisfying, you know? So put those actions into practice. <sighs> this was therapeutic. But anyway, I hope you guys are okay. I really just dumped a whole lot of stuff on you guys. So anyway... Um, next week's definitely going to be more lighthearted because we're getting back into having people on the pod. So we won't be crying and getting upset. I mean, we could be crying, hopefully not getting upset though, but I hope you all have a really lovely, messy week. That's not too intense. And I hope you don't have to tell anybody to piss off. I hope you have a very good week. Anyway, you know where to find us at hot mess underscore podcast on Instagram and on TikTok. I love you all very much and let's lead into this week with bitchy, fun, messy energy. Love you all. Bye.